Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. And proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club, a Rhode Island-based club of passionate birders like you. Become a member and check out the fall edition of our newsletter. Find us on Facebook and at oceanstatebirdclub.org. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 811. Why baseball music on a bird show? Especially when it's not even baseball season? Well, because the Major League team in Cleveland, Ohio, has finally come around to 21st century sensibilities and has dropped the name Indians. And they're also getting rid of their caricature symbol of Chief Yahoo!, that has offended Native Americans for many decades. So the bird connection? Well, among the rumored choices for a new team name is the Cleveland Crows. American Crows are abundant in Ohio, and we know they're brave and smart, good for baseball players, and we can just hear the fans when they return to the stands at Progressive Field, urging on their team with hearty cries of... Meanwhile, this morning's mystery bird has a certain connection to that American crow. Here's a preview of our mystery bird contest. That's the bird. A medium-sized, bluish-gray songbird with a darker blue head, no crest, and a whitish throat. It has a short tail, and its bill, legs, and feet are black. Our bird feeds mostly on pine seeds, grain, fruit, berries, and insects... It's a resident bird from central Oregon and Montana, southward to Arizona and New Mexico. And it is a relative of that American crow. Well, last week we mentioned our holiday gift ideas for birders page on our website. Easy to find at TalkingBirds.com, our gift idea page. And there's another page there we'd like to invite you to visit. It's our plurting page, equally easy to find. Flirting means picking up litter while birding, and we're encouraging birders everywhere to consider doing that. We'll have more news about this coming soon. And meanwhile, today we're presenting our first ever Proud Plurter Award given to listeners who are doing the plurting thing right now. And our first award goes to a long-distance listener, Nicole Hoffman from Dusseldorf, North Rhine-Westphalia, Germany. She says, I just pick up the trash because I don't want nature to be damaged by it. I've always got garbage bags with me and try to collect, even if it's only three pieces. Every collected piece of garbage helps. Thank you, Nicole, and you are so right. Nicole Hoffman, first recipient of our Talking Birds Proud Plurter Award. By the way, we want to extend our thanks and congratulations to the 11 million environmental heroes from 165 countries who were part of World Cleanup Day 2020 on the 19th of December. They showed, uh, despite lots of challenges, obviously, how much they care about a waste-free and healthy world. We'll be marking our calendars for next year. It'll be on the 18th of September 2021. 
We want to give a shout out to our newest Talking Birds radio station affiliate as we welcome WKKL 90.7 FM. Broadcasting from the campus of Cape Cod Community College in Barnstable, Massachusetts on beautiful Cape Cod. Thanks to General Manager Naomi Ehrenberg and Production Assistant Josh Maloney. By the way, Josh has the distinction of making a very significant discovery. This past May, he found the first active bald eagle nest seen on Cape Cod in 115 years. Check out our TalkingBirds.com website or our Facebook page for the details. Belated congratulations on that, Josh. And welcome again, WKKL, to the Talking Birds radio family. Our show will be on there on Sunday afternoons at 3 after the live broadcast, then on Friday mornings at 8, and again on Saturday mornings at 9. And we have another special shout-out this morning. It's to you, Bill Curtis, from Baltimore, Maryland. Bill, your son Glenn contacted us way back in October and asked us to give you a shout-out around Christmas time. And here we are. So Merry Christmas, Bill, from Glenn and from all of us here at Talkin' Birds. A little salute here to more Talkin' Birds ambassadors helping us get the word out about our show and about birds and conservation, which is what we're about. And thank you to Susan B. from Greeley, Colorado. Thank you very much, Susan. Thank you to Amanda Tobia from Rockaway, New Jersey. Thank you and welcome, Amanda. And thanks to Winston Ostro from Viroqua, Wisconsin. Thank you so much, Winston. And I'll get your name right the next time. But thank you to our new ambassadors and Talking Birds listeners. All we want for Christmas here is for you to consider becoming members of our Talking Birds ambassadors team. Now more than 500 members strong. And you can do it by visiting our website and clicking on the Get Involved button, the tab there at the top of the home page, and that would be TalkinBirds.com. Still to come on our show today, we'll talk with the Cornell Lab of Ornithology's Kevin McGowan on the topic of owls. We'll also catch up with Mike O'Connor in our Let's Ask Mike segment. He'll also have a little something to say about owls, but mostly he'll be talking about gift-giving. Last week he had some suggestions about what not to include on your gift list this year, But today he's dropping that Scrooge mentality and offering an idea for any new birders that might be on your list. Meanwhile, up next, we may solve a mystery concerning the famous 12 Days of Christmas bird as we introduce our featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. We usually focus on North American birds as featured feathered friends. But today, so close to Christmas, we're making an exception in connection with this lyric with which we're all familiar. A partridge in a pear tree. Birders wonder what species of partridge that was in the pear tree and why a partridge would be in a pear tree or any other kind of tree, given that partridges are generally ground-dwelling birds. Well, some say that that famous bird was a red-legged partridge, also called the French partridge, which was introduced to England from France in the 1700s. It turns out that the red-legged partridge, 
A chubby bird with a light brown back, gray breast, buff belly, white face, black throat, and red legs, is more likely than other partridge species to leave the ground and fly up to perch in a tree. The familiar song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, first appeared in print in 1780 in England as a children's memory game, and there are said to be older versions from France. And here's a clue about the pear tree idea. An old French word for partridge was spelled P-E-R-T-R-I-X and pronounced something like, right, pear tree. So maybe something got lost in the translation. No current research is being done on this as far as we know, but we hope that the true love mentioned in the song was happy to receive and had room for a partridge in a pear tree. The red-legged partridge. Electorus rufa, possibly perched in a pear tree and serving for the season as today's talking birds featured feathered friend. Welcome again. It's our show number 811. That website we'd like to invite you to visit is still without a G. It's TalkinBirds.com. Kevin McGowan is senior course developer and instructor for the Cornell Lab of Ornithology's Bird Academy with expertise in crows, behavioral ecology, bird identification, and translating science to general audiences. And he joins us uh, once again here on Talking Birds. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Ray. Good to be with you. Great to have you uh, back with us again, Kevin. So we're talking about owls and your new course about that. Why are we so fascinated with owls? Is it because they look like us with those forward-facing eyes? I think you suggested that, if I'm not mistaken. Is it because they're mysterious, being oh. mostly nocturnal? Is it because they look wise, even if they're not as smart as crows, uh, for example? What is it? Well, there is something in the combination of all of that is that they're, you know, they're unusual among birds. That the bill is small, the, the face is round like our face, the eyes face forward. Most birds, people don't realize it, but most birds have eyes on the sides of their head mm-hmm. because that helps them see uh, dangerous things that are coming their way. And most birds are not predators, they're prey. So, mm-hmm. uh, but the for being a predator, having eyes facing forward is good because you get more overlapping vision from the eyes and that gives you, that's where you get your depth perception. Mm-hmm. That what we call the area of binocular vision, but owls also, as you say, that they're they're kind of mysterious. It's like everybody knows what an owl is, but you know, not many of us actually get to see them very often. Mm-hmm. So they're they're something you know about, but they're a night bird that makes them kind of creepy too, you know. And um, yeah, there's just a lot of oddness that gets mixed up in owls that I think makes us so fascinated with. Mm-hmm. So your online course is called The Wonderful World of owls. Can you give us an overview, Kevin, of what's uh, covered and what level of birder maybe the course is best uh, suited for? Well, it's actually um, aimed at at beginners, Mm -hmm. um, although there's a lot of information in there, so even, um, you know, people who know a little bit about them might find something interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, yeah, we try to take people through introducing, you know, talking about exactly what we were just talking about. What what makes an owl an owl? Why are they different? How are they different? Um, dealing a little bit with their anatomy and the, the things that, that 
um, make owls special and give them their sort of bird superpowers to look their way around at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do talk about the diversity of owls. I don't know if you, how many people know that there are actually more than 200 species of owls all over the world, and they're found all over the world. That's, that's one of the interesting things, too. Owls are uh, one of only two or three groups that have basically owned their niche, mm-hmm. but they're aerial nocturnal predators, and there's nobody else that that fulfills that role pretty much all over the world. So they're like, you know, amazing in, in that they, uh, you know, they own the same thing everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And there are a number of different owls that we, we introduce from tiny ones. Um, the uh, elf owl in the desert southwest is the smallest owl weighing what is the way about? I think you described it as about the grand. weight of a candy bar. Yeah, about the weight of a candy bar. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Well, your second chapter, in fact, is how owls rule the night, and how they really uh, kind of uh, in in charge there. Um, and your first chapter is what makes an owl an owl. Some of the things I think that you've just described, and also described as one of the most successful birds on earth. And uh, then you talk about superb owls, all these um, um, different superlatives, largest, smallest, heaviest. You talked about the elf owl there. I guess here in the North America, we think about the great gray owl as being the the biggest. I guess it's the tallest, but uh, it's a little bit of an imposter in a way, right? Oh, yeah. All owls are to a certain extent. I mean, we just don't really realize how little the body is under there, under all those feathers, because all owls are really fluffy. And it, uh, we can't really see what the what the body is. But yeah, the great gray owl stands the tallest, but it actually weighs less than a, than a great horned owl. Mm-hmm. And it uh, it's one of the big owls that specialize for feeding on little food, and that's why it doesn't have as much heft and as much muscle as as some of the other owls. Is that it mostly eats just voles and mice and things like that, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Things like horned owls are—they're—they're uh, they're going after bigger prey, and so they're a bit brawnier. Just you know, we th- we talk about this and say, well, what's the largest mammal, uh, land mammal? And it's like, well, the giraffe is the tallest, <laughs> but the elephant has more mass, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what this is—is is that the the uh, the great gray owl stands pretty tall, but it's all feathers. Uh-huh. You also talk in there about other superlatives, longest ear tufts, the strangest diet, the most common, the rarest, which I think you just said was the Congo Bay owl, and very little uh, known about that bird. And I think you also mentioned, Kevin, something that I uh, like to think about is all the research we've done, all the studying, it's kind of cool that there's still a lot we don't know about many of these birds, right? Oh, and there's a lot we don't know about some of these owls. A lot of the owls um, owls have gotten out onto a lot of islands. I mean, even out to, to the Galapagos and the Hawaiian Islands. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of uh, separate species on these different islands. And some of those, you know, we just don't know much at all about them. Mm-hmm. You uh, explode a, a few myths here. I don't know if this is a myth. I guess maybe most people know this now. But the idea of an owl turning its head, we always hear that story. They can turn their head 360 degrees, which is not quite uh, true. But what, something like 270 degrees? And 
And it's not because there's some kind of a socket there like the top of a tripod or something, right? It's a whole thing with the vertebrae. Yeah, again, this is, a, this is an illusion um, that because of all those feathers that their feathers cover up the, their neck, and they actually have relatively long necks, much, much longer than ours. Mm-hmm. And when they turn their head around, they turn it around just like a hawk turns its head around to look behind itself or a duck. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it just looks so weird because it, it looks like it's pivoting on a socket that you know we can't do that. And actually, it was pointed out to me that um, actually owls can turn their heads 360 degrees oh. if they start in the back so they can look over their shoulder and look all the way around behind them mm-hmm. and then turn their head around forward and then back around behind, behind them again and they can actually do it. So we can turn our head 180 degrees. Mm-hmm. But not 180 degrees behind us. It's huh. 90 degrees to one side and 90 degrees to the left. Okay. So, all right, got it. <laughs> and I think you talk about the idea that why does it look so weird when owls do that? And it's as you say because you can't see their neck. You could see a duck turn its head, and you say, "Okay, I can see what's happening there." But an owl, because you can't see the neck, it does look really weird when they just spin yeah. their head like that. Yeah, it looks weird. My when my I was a kid. My parents were into theater, and my mother was uh, uh, played Anna in The King and I. And they wore these big hoop skirts that went down to the floor. And the women walking around on stage, you'd swear they were rolling on on wheels or something. They just floated, <laughs> and just because you couldn't see their feet moving, it just they just glided along. And that's kind of the same way. Is you can't see the neck turning because there's so many feathers. And so it just looks kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. The course is The Wonderful World of Owls. It's an online course. Uh, tell us how we find out more about it, Kevin, and, and, and sign up. It's, a, it's just a fascinating, fascinating course on a, a very fascinating subject. Well, the easiest way is to Google All About Birds at Cornell and go to our course page there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, take a look. It'll be featured. The, the There is a, a nice page there's there's some um uh, for people who want to check out what the content might be like there's also some trial pages some uh, sample pages of of uh, some things to do mm-hmm. including an activity so people should check it out and uh, it's a good thing to do while you're sitting at home and through the winter here <laughs> the long winter yes indeed kevin mcgowan yeah. senior course developer and instructor for the cornell lab of ornithologies Bird Academy with expertise in crows, behavioral ecology, bird identification, and translating science to general audiences. And something I didn't mention in the introduction, Kevin, ornithological trivia. I'd like maybe to engage you on that topic uh, next time, if you're (laughs) willing. Sure. My brain is full of little factoids about birds. All right. Well, we'd like to hear some about it. And maybe you'll also weigh in... uh, Maybe by then we'll have the Cleveland Crows as the baseball team from out there. So we'll see about that. Would that would be exciting. That would be exciting. <laughs> that would be. Kevin is one of the great experts on Crows. Kevin, thanks so much, and we'll talk in the new year. You're welcome, Ray. It's always good to talk to you. Coming up next here, our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather. The flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. 
Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to cross a few species off your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you want to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. That's the sound of our mystery bird. By the way, if you're not hearing our show live and would like to, so that you could, for example, enter our mystery bird contest, just go to TalkingBirds.com and you'll see how to do it. Very easy. Our live broadcast is on Sunday mornings, by the way, from 9.30 to 10 Eastern. Our mystery bird is a medium-sized, bluish-gray songbird with a darker blue head, no crest, and a whitish throat. It has a short tail, and its bill, legs, and feet are black. Our bird feeds mostly on pine seeds, grain, fruit, berries, and insects. It's a resident bird from central Oregon and Montana, southward to Arizona and New Mexico. This bird is a relative of crows and ravens and nutcrackers and jays of other kinds of birds like that. <laughs> I think I might have given the answer away. But anyway, uh, 781-837-4900 is the number to call. Our prize is the Droll Yankees Buff 16 Big Bottoms Up 16-inch Finch Feeder. Perfect for those wintering finches sweeping through the lower 48 in southern Canada this winter. And it comes with the Droll Yankees Lifetime Warranty Against Squirrel Damage. And we have a bonus prize. A 12-ounce bag of the coffee that is delicious to drink and also preserves wildlife habitat. Being used right now by many thousands of birds on their Central America wintering grounds. It's bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee. Prizes today on our mystery bird Contest And the number to call is the important part there, 781-837-4900. If nobody gets the right answer, we will have a drawing to determine the winner. 781-837-4900 is the number. Meanwhile, we'll check in with Mike O'Connor, almost live from the archive. Let's ask Mike in just one minute. What better idea for the holidays than to give the gift of books? And our friends from Beautio Books carry one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. From backyard birding books to general ornithology. From field guides for specific regions to photography, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find all of that and a whole lot more all in one convenient place. Beautiobooks.com. That's B-U-T-E-O. Beautiobooks.com. My name is Jim Curley, and I'm from Ironton, Ohio. I think everyone should become a Talking Birds ambassador because it helps people to discover bird watching and to fall in love with nature and preserving birds. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. Just visit our website, click on Get Involved at the top of the homepage, and then choose the Become an Ambassador option at TalkingBirds.com. Michael Connors down at the Birdwatchers General Store on Cape Cod, just putting that last owl ornament on one of the trees there, no doubt. 
I know you've, you've had screech owls in your backyard, but never uh, sort of in your Christmas tree, I don't think. No, yeah. I know. You know what? And I spend all that time singing, I will be home for Christmas, and it didn't work. <laughs> but we're talking about something entirely different here, I guess, right? Last-minute gifts? Last-minute gifts. Now, here you go. The, 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 the shelves are pickling at the stores, and there's yeah. traffic, and, you know, all you're going to do is get those slipper sets or something. So uh, here's what I do. For, if you know someone who's a bird, and people come in all the time, ask me, my friend's down in Gideon to birding, what should I get him or her? You know, and you know, we go to oh, a field guy, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what kind of books they have. So, so if you have a, a friend or a relative or someone you know that's getting into birding, especially if he or she is kind of far away, I suggest that you buy them a membership to their local bird club. Mm. Now, this is kind of, you can do this really easily, you can do it online, and they're unbelievably easy to find. I just, you know, if they live in Duluth or Tallahassee, just go online, put bird club. There's organizations, ABA has a list of bird clubs. It's not, um, but if you just, you know, do a search for the particular town or area they live in, you'll come up, you'll come up with their bird club. It's fairly inexpensive. You can do it online and you can just email them the membership. And that'll get them out more. They'll get the newsletter. They'll see what walks are being held, what events are being held. They have all these speakers. They have these programs. And and it's not like a gym membership where you get somebody and they feel guilty because they never use it. They just sit and watch TV. This is fine. If they use it, that's great. If they don't use it, the money goes to a good cause. It goes to a good organization either way. But I think that would be kind of a fun thing for, and a good supportive way to get people out there. You get out there and you meet you know, a lot of people go birding. They don't realize there's a lot of other people birding. So they'll get out and they'll meet new friends and, and find new trails and, and new places to go. And I think it would be a, uh, you know, a good thing to do. For, and they'll point a few things out for you. It's, it's a nice way to meet people. And, and, and like I said, citizen science. The more yeah. information, the more, you know, changes we can make. Thank you, Mike. Happy Merry holidays. Christmas, everybody Merry out Christmas. there. You too, Ray. All right. Mike O'Connor there at the famous Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. In the November-December issue of Birdwatching Magazine, read about 10 endangered bird species and how you can help them. The most useful apps for birders. Birdability advocate Virginia Rose and 10 new books for birders. Plus, Laura Erickson explains what to know if you feed birds in bear country. The issue is on newsstands through December 22nd. And that's our mystery bird. Back to the mystery bird contest at 781-837-4900. Our mystery bird contest is presented by Red Start Birding. Red Start Birding is your new resource for birding optics, gear, and expertise. Great birding starts at redstartbirding.com. And Jeff is in Hingham, Massachusetts, on the line with us there. Good morning, Jeff. Hello, Ray. It's your uh, faithful correspondent and Talking Birds ambassador, Jeff Collins in Hingham. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you again for your nice to hear you live. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. Go I'm glad you. I'm glad you got us live here, and thank you for your ambassadorship, as always. And uh, maybe we can turn that into a beautiful prize here, but only if you get the right answer, because we try to be honest here. What do you think? Okay, Mister Bird. I think it's a California scrub jay. Hey, that's uh, n n not exactly. Oh, no. oh, you thought you had it there. I know. Yeah, don't pull back my ambassadorship. <laughs> we would never, we would never even consider that. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. You Jeff. take care. All right. Thanks, bye. Thank you so much, uh, Jeff, with the outstanding guest there of a California scrub jay. As we said, we kind of gave away part of the bird here, but uh, not entirely. Caroline is in Hummerock, Massachusetts. Good morning, Caroline. 
Hi, I think it's a raven. A raven. Uh, let me check and see if it's a... Uh, let me check on the... No, it's not a raven, no. It is rel- a relative of the crow, but not that close, if you know what okay. I mean. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Caroline. Well, nice talking to you, Ray. <laughs> nice talking to you, too. Thank you so much. All right. Our mystery bird here. Beautiful prizes include the Droll Yankees' uh, big bottoms-up 16-inch finch feeder and a big bag of birds and beans coffee. Let's see if we have time to get one more call here. and We will give away uh, this prize, by the way, regardless of whether we get a correct answer, but we'll see what we're doing here. And I think we have Larry in Situate, uh, Massachusetts. Are you there, Larry? Yes, it's a New England black crow. A New England black crow. I have never seen one of those, but I know what you mean. But I don't think that's what we had in mind, Larry, but it's a, okay. it's a top-quality guess. Thank you. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We have just time for Truly in somewhere in Florida. Are you there, Truly? Yeah, I'm here. What's the answer, Truly? We're just short on time. Um, my guess is Opinion, Jay. You are absolutely right. Opinion, Jay. Stay on the line. We'll get your info. Thanks so much for calling. All right. Thank you. All right. The Pinion J. We are out of time for all of us here at Talking Birds. Happy Solstice. Merry Christmas. And by the way, next week we'll be Zooming with a special guest from South Africa. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. And proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club, a Rhode Island-based club of passionate birders like you. Become a member and check out the fall edition of our newsletter. Find us on Facebook and at oceanstatebirdclub.org.